This is Words Matter with Elise Jordan and Steve Schmidt. Steve, you tweeted that you're reading a book by Tom Ricks, who is more well-known for military history, his coverage of the Iraq wars in particular. But this book is about Churchill and Orwell. Tell us why you like this book. Well, first off, I'm a big fan of Tom Ricks, uh, really the preeminent military affairs journalist, I think, of his generation. He's written a lot of books uh, about the wars of our generation, a student of military history. But this book, I think is very timely. And our podcast, obviously, is called Words Matter. And for those two men, Orwell and Churchill, in defense of liberty, in defense of liberalism, small l liberalism, in defense of truth and democracy, they were very precise in their use of words to craft an argument that was essential at moments in time when liberty was under its gravest threat. But Churchill and Orwell never actually met. They did not. And they were very different men, but each in their own way used words to communicate the vital necessity and maintenance of liberty, freedom, and the threats to it. Orwell saw the danger of totalitarianism, and he wrote great books about it, 1984, Animal Form, that we remember. But he was an essayist who was prolific in his writing, his warnings about how dangerous it is when truth is assaulted, when truth is affronted. And he understood that in a democratic society, our institutions are laid on a foundation of trust and truth, in that without truth, you can't have liberty, you can't have freedom, you can't have democracy. And when we see this president's assault on the truth, these words and what he said stands timeless. And so what Tom Ricks has done here is connected two vitally important defenders of freedom and liberty together, not through the experiences they shared because they didn't, not because of the generation that they grew up in because they didn't, but what connected them was a fidelity to truth and liberty. Steve, 1984 had a resurgence in popularity after Donald Trump won the American presidency. And every week, really every day, multiple lies are told by Donald Trump. And the nature of the lie is an authoritarian. All politicians dissemble, usually a lie of self-interest. I didn't have sex with that woman is obviously the most famous one. Trump's lies are different. They're lies of authority. And George Orwell would have recognized it as the fetish of an autocrat. When Trump, Which he does seem to have a fetish for autocrats. Indeed he does. And, and when Trump lies, it requires somebody to suspend disbelief that if what is true is what the leader says is true or what the leader believes is true is straight out of 1984, where at the end of the book, the protagonist, Winston, is being tortured and interrogated by a party official who holds up four fingers. And he says to Winston, how many fingers am I holding up? And Winston says, I see only four fingers with tears. And the party official says, but it could be three, it could be five, it's whatever the party tells you it is. And so when somebody goes out from a White House podium and says that Trump's crowd size is bigger than Obama's, 
understand, stupid though the claim is, it is frightening because it suspends the ability of otherwise rational people to think for themselves and to process what is obviously true in front of their face. Certainly the past three weeks seem like they could have been a modern day version of 1984, given how everyone's behaving and the attack on facts that are inconvenient for whatever political side's position that they happen to be pushing. What do you think Orwell and Churchill would have made of these last three weeks? Well, I think they would have been appalled. Churchill had a couple of observations. Um, you know, first was that in a in a democracy, the people get the government they deserve. Uh, he did also observe of, of Americans, and he was familiar with our character. He said that Americans will always do the right thing in the end, though we will wait for the last possible moment to do so. They would have understood that it's a chaotic country, that it's a rough-and-tumble country, but it certainly wouldn't have looked like the American politics that they were familiar with, where... American leaders conducted themselves with some level of, of dignity and decorum, and we didn't we didn't see very much of that over the course of these uh, over the course of these hearings. And then there's a just a nonsensicalness to like the argumentation, and Susan Collins I think broadly falls into this to this category. So she goes on the Senate floor, and she basically says, "Well, I believe Dr. Ford." But I don't believe Dr. Ford has identified Brett Kavanaugh properly. Now, of course, if you are to believe Dr. Ford, which she said it was 100% Brett Kavanaugh who was on top of her laughing inches from her, by what standing and by what logic has Susan Collins employed to reach the conclusion that, well, yes, it happened, but it couldn't possibly be Brett Kavanaugh? That, well, but that's because it became a politically untenable position to hold. And so you see the the mental and verbal gymnastics here exactly. that just make no sense. And what's amazing about it, nobody goes on television sitting there and just says, well, that makes no sense. <laughs> right. It's just it's not it's not. And I'm not taking an issue with the contradiction. What side she she clearly voted for for Judge Kavanaugh. And then this is her rationalization to do so. But I don't understand why there seems to be an unwillingness to just say, but that makes no sense. I mean, this whole notion of, well, I've determined that I believe her, but I'm voting for him. Therefore, it's obviously a case of mistaken identity. And people just nod their heads aimlessly and listlessly like a lemming right back at the senators and say, oh, yes, it makes perfect sense. It's just I don't it's incomprehensible to me that nobody says it makes no sense. How does Tom Ricks address Winston Churchill and how Churchill dealt with being straight with the British public and the world public during World War II? One of the things about Churchill that is that is interesting is that his life spans in consequential ways, much of the early part of the 20th century. But it's in the 1930s when Churchill is a lonely voice, seeing the rise of Nazism and fascism and totalitarianism. And there were no small number of people who looked at the order that 
had come out of the chaos of German society and were enchanted by Adolf Hitler, enchanted by Nazism, that looked at the rallies and looked at the fervor and saw a good thing, saw an economy getting back on its feet. Churchill wasn't one of them. Churchill understood the essential nature of liberty is about man's and women's dignity, and that in free societies, the dignity of the individual is paramount. And so Churchill prophetically saw the storm coming. And of course, Churchill's first collection of the history of World War II is called The Gathering Storm. By his own hand, he saw it, and he understood the threat to liberty. And today, in this country, we should take Trump, in my view, as serious as a heart attack. He is assailing and assaulting our institutions. He does it dishonestly. He lies constantly. And what he is doing is assaulting objective truth in such a way that it undermines our democracy. And it's a dangerous thing. Well, I'm excited that we highlighted a book that deals with why words matter this week, because every day we're reminded that the truth that we tell is very important. And George Orwell, in one of his great quotes is, to see what is in front of one's nose needs a constant struggle. And so when you watch Donald Trump on any given day, his lack of probity and rectitude, his erratic behavior, his meanness, his vileness, in fact... It is what it appears to be. And that was the essential brilliance of Churchill, a lonely and courageous voice who always knew what was coming and saw the tragedy before anybody else did. Steve, thanks so much. One more time, what's the name of the book? Churchill and Orwell, The Fight for Freedom. By Tom Ricks. By Tom Ricks. I look forward to checking it out myself. Excellent. And here is a special offer for our listeners. If you go to audible.com slash words matter and sign up for a 30-day free trial, you can get Orwell and Churchill for free, or you can text words matter to 500-500. Audible, because words matter.